So that's a great question. And it's so layered. Um, I feel that number one, we all end up in a survival state. And when we're in a survival state, we're living in torment. And we're, we're typically always living in a fear place that's based on either wanting to change our past or wishing to control our future. And these are where all of our anxieties and our depressions are created. And so we then look to avoid these negative emotions by finding momentary pleasures, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, shopping, it doesn't matter which addiction it is, but we funnel all of these energies into these realistically harmful behaviors to try and mask the temporary pain. The problem is when we do this, it doesn't resolve anything and we end up just coming out of it with added anxieties and depressions from the behaviors we've been displaying, trying to hide from these past occurrences or trying to prevent ourselves from dwelling on the future realities that we're trying to either avoid or control. To overcome, you must educate. Educate not only yourself, but educate anyone seeking to learn. We are all dead America. We can all learn something. To learn, we must challenge what we already understand. The way we do that is through conversation. Sometimes we have conversations with others. However, some of the best conversations happen with ourselves. Reach out and challenge yourself. Let's dive in and learn something right now. Today we're speaking with Stephen Avent. He is a mindset and a lifestyle coach, also a realtor. Stephen, could you please introduce yourself? Let people know just a little more about you, please. Hey, Ed. Uh, thank you for that introduction. As you mentioned, I am a lifestyle mindset coach, and I've been doing real estate for the past four years as well. Uh, I come from Ottawa, Canada. Um, I'm 41 years old. I have a passion for what I do in both fields, and I feel very blessed to have found these paths in life because I get to be a part of major life moments uh, in everyone's lives that I do get to work with, and uh, definitely find great fulfillment in these things. That That's awesome, Stephen. So a mindset and a lifestyle coach, what got you into that? So in all fairness, it's something that I found uh, for myself. Uh, I worked alongside a coach. And when I saw the benefits and what it had done for my life, uh, I couldn't really help but do anything other than intend to spread that around and offer it to others. Um, basically receiving that light and wanting to shine it on as many people as I can to offer those benefits to as many people as I could. So did things in life direct you towards this? And th there's usually a nudging of some sort, either good or bad, towards the direction that we take in life. So what what was that inner nudging for you? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, 
I think all stories start at the very beginning. So my childhood mm -hmm. straight through to my adulthood, uh, every step along the way definitely led me to where I am today. Uh, and this included, you know, being raised by a sick mother that had heavily influenced my life in various aspects uh, through to her death when I was in my early 20s. Things that I then carried around with myself and basically made excuses for life patterns and behaviors, um, primarily into the, you know, abusive alcohol lifestyle, um, along with various other, uh, you know, womanizing tendencies and, and things that... I, I justified and I looked at as, you know, pleasure in the moment, life experience. But yep. when I started to see the negative implications that it was having on me and those around me and those that I came into contact in my life, um, it, it gradually steered me away from that. I, I then went into a almost two decade time frame of professional level dog training and breeding, which enabled me to step away from a lot of that lifestyle and really showed me how I could influence and impact other people's lives by helping rehabilitate their dogs. Um, from that, I, I sort of graduated into this where I found how much a lifestyle mindset could change my life. And then when I recognized the ripple effect that I could have in somebody's life through helping their dog, and then how much exponentially greater that is when I can then help the people because we're then getting into generational reform. Uh, and, you know, that ripple effect can span just so tremendously that I couldn't help but do anything other than want to share that with people. Yeah, that's really what nudged me towards doing this podcast. You know, it, it's really one of those things, ed educating yourself first and then understanding, right. wow, this, this, can really change lives i i, yeah. I am into that power and self-help all the way and that's a daily aspect of life and when you forget that in the morning before your feet hit the floor you can have a pretty rough day so 100%. making the right choices start when you open your eyes so what does your coaching entail? What what comes with that coaching and how how is that is it online or in-person coaching? How do you offer that? Yeah, so I'd like to agree with what you just said a hundred percent and go into that. The primary basis of my coaching is an online based program. Um, you know, for local clients, I'm I'm happy to have a, an in-person influence to that. Uh, when I say online, that definitely includes, you know, telephone, texts, you know, anything that allows us to communicate when necessary. And by all means, it is a daily process that, that we have to start from the moment that we wake up. And so this does, in my program, entail setting uh, a wake-up time that is a bit more challenging so that we're doing something difficult intentionally from the moment that we arise and we're pushing through it to build and stack little victories throughout the day, no matter how big or small they may be, to build ourselves up. And so throughout my life, I really just left my day subject to how my emotions were when I woke up. So if I woke up in a bad mood, that could go on for an indefinite amount of time. And so instead, I now structure my days so that I ensure that 
from the second my eyes open, I am building myself to be that person that I need to be so that I can offer it to everybody that I encounter in my day. Does that include a morning routine? Uh, I know I set a routine for my day. Every day, it's basically the same flow. Uh, there are those offshoots when I want to explore, but my wake-up routine is my wake-up routine. I stick with that. It, it, it's what motivates me and gives me reason through the day. Does your day start like that? Definitely. So I have my unflexible routine, which includes that 5 a.m. wake-up, no matter what time I've gone to bed, no matter how I feel, if I wake up sick, if I wake up energized, as soon as that alarm goes off, there's no hitting snooze, I'm out of bed. Uh, I then go through a routine of journaling and reading. So basically looking to absorb external knowledge and then put out internal stuff to find myself on a deeper level. Meditation can go in there at times, uh, but very importantly, it then includes uh, you know, a workout, getting myself into that peak physical performance to get my vibration and my energy level as high as possible so that I can establish my baseline in the day and always be putting out what it is that I need to be. Accountability is a big part of all of that. Mm -hmm. Holding yourself accountable. How, how do you manage that? And do you have somebody help you do that? So that would be a, a multi-tiered response and definitely discipline is what we're looking to develop into ourselves. Of course, when we first start, a lot of people are relying on motivation. Uh, this is where a coach does come into play. We help keep that accountability in place. And definitely, I've had coaches in my life, and one in particular, that I attribute a lot of my success to. Um, and then aside from that, I will say that that 16 years of dog training gave me a discipline that I couldn't waver from because I had to do these steps on a daily basis. The dogs don't take days off. There's not a moment that you get to opt out of it. They're learning at all times. So you have to be following through on these things or it will show in their behaviors. And so the combination of my past um, and then taking in, uh, you know, the outside source from my, my coach previously allowed the discipline to transfer into this lifestyle. Um, and then at this point, it's something that is just non-wavering. So it's, you know, it's a process that you, you really need to know yourself and know what you need to make it stick and what it is that you need to bring in from the outside and what it is you need to remove internally to get yourself to where you have to be. So turning and looking at your dog training, how do you apply that knowledge into working with human minds? Because there is a correlation there, I'm sure. There's a very heavy correlation. And so, of course, we have a reasoning brain. You know, we have elevated intelligence. But in most cases, this actually works against us as people rather than for us because we put too much thought and we keep looking for new things to add to make us better. When the bottom line is we just have to instill the process and do it. This is where, in a lot of cases, the people that put less thought into it have better success. And so the things that I was able to learn in the dog training just transfer unilaterally because they are functioning on a black and white screen. 
So they don't have that gray zone in the middle. And when they're in the one end and they're questioning things, we're getting behaviors that we don't want. And as soon as we can have them stop questioning and instead fall into suit on what it is that they need to be doing to get the ideal result in their life, they get the better treatment in the sense that they're getting more praise opposed to correction. And then they get to fall into place and their confidence just blows up. And so it's the same thing with people. When I when we can address what it is in the life that needs to be removed and we can develop what it is that needs to be developed, everything else just falls into place. So although some people don't like that correlation because they, they initially go, oh, I'm not a dog. Yeah. And no, we're not dogs, but we all maintain that same minimalistic brain. We just have added layers to it that in, like I said, many cases are actually not serving us justice when we have so much sure. negative in our lives. So yeah, that's so um, true. That that is, you know, it's something that has definitely tremendously helped me accelerate into my coaching field because it's given me almost two de decades of working on a level with an animal structuring behavioral changes that do transfer so well as long as people can just accept it. So a lot of our suffering, if you will, comes from our own selves, the choices that we make. You know, we, we all go down a path of learning in life, and sometimes it's pretty rough. Alcohol and drugs, that's a big part of it. I was nine years old, I started. And, you know, I've, I've found myself in people's bathroom closets waking up from, you know, I don't know how long I was in there. I could have been in there three days. Who knows? When we let ourselves go to the point where we don't care about who or what we are, we're just trying to get by, there's dangers to that. So finding those hurts that cause us to drink or consume drugs or, you know, sexual tendencies, there's a bunch of these things that we lean on to hide ourselves and it's really about facing up to ourselves and why we feel that way do you understand at all why we allow ourselves to be so consumed with ourselves, but yet let ourselves become something we're not so that's a great question, and it's so layered. Um, I feel that number one, we all end up in a survival state. And when we're in a survival state, we're living in torment, and we're, we're typically always living in a fear place that's based on either wanting to change our past or wishing to control our future. And these are where all of our anxieties and our depressions are created. And so we then look to avoid these negative emotions by finding momentary pleasures, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, you know, shopping, it doesn't matter which addiction it is, but we funnel all of these energies into these realistically harmful behaviors to try and mask the temporary pain. The problem is when we do this, it doesn't resolve anything and we end up just coming out of it 
with added anxieties and depressions from the behaviors we've been displaying, trying to hide from these past occurrences or trying to prevent ourselves from dwelling on the future realities that we're trying to either avoid or control. And so I think the biggest thing with that in a lot of people's cases, uh, mine in particular, was that I had to learn to literally take all that baggage that I was carrying around with me and just put it down. You know, all these pains and the suffering, the stuff that we've lived through, it's not us. Too often we attribute ourselves to our past, to our fears, to the things that we've been subjected to, and we carry it around with us like it's our identity. But really, it's just us carrying around bags full of rocks that make living in the moment next to impossible. And all we have to do is just put it down and let go and move forward. You know, we need to live in the moment, learn to enjoy the moment with the trajectory that we want, understanding that our silly human plans may not work out, but that's okay because when we're in the moment, we can pivot. And when you can pivot, you can deal with the issues that are going to come at you. You know, whenever we're dwelling on what's going to happen, the stress is monumental. But when we deal with things in the moment, it's really so manageable. You know, we, we build up these big demons and these big quests that we're going to have to conquer. And, and how are we going to be physically capable of doing this or mentally capable of doing this or emotionally capable of doing this? But the thing is, we're so resilient and we're so strong. And when you just embrace it and you live and love the moment, knowing that no matter what happens, you're going to make sure that you can conquer it. And when you fail and things go horribly wrong, it's only going to give you more opportunity for growth and strengthening. Then you can start looking forward to the things that do go wrong. Right. You know, I'm at a point now that so often when something goes bad, my brain goes, Man, we're going to get to level up off of this one. You know, it, in the moment, I can already appreciate and love the failure for what it is. And of course, it's not fun in the moment. It, you know, it can hurt. Right. But you know that we're going to come out of this darkness in a better place, even stronger. And so I think that's where we then take the power back and we're not giving it away to external sources. We know that it's all internal and we get to control our life in a non-controllable manner. Yeah, and it's big to observe that when it happens also and give yourself credit, mm -hmm. full credit. It's it's you that did it. and Definitely oftentimes we're looking forward and I don't like to look back a lot because behind me, there's a lot of pain and suffering and misery. Yeah. yeah. But when I do look back, it's like, wow, how far have I come? And 100%. this gives me a strength that is beyond recognition. And yes, really, you know, when we, allow ourselves to be powerful and give ourselves credit that's when growth really starts to happen for us and we transpire ourselves from the old to the new and we can actually take a hold of that and guide it like you do a horse or a dog you know you you can exactly. control all of that yeah. so i i love that People are actually in this shift now. I, I've witnessed this, you know, I'm getting closer to 60, but 
I've witnessed from when I was a child and there was kind of uh, understanding about the world to this free for all. And now mm -hmm. I think we're shifting back into accountability and reason and rationale. And I'm not saying that going off the rail once in a while is not a good thing because like you just stated, it's a learning process and this is where we can correct if we embrace. How important is it to embrace that we need to change? Yeah, well, I mean, the most constant thing in the universe is change. So when you fight yes. it, the reality is, is that you're just fighting the strongest force in nature. You know, so yeah. to embrace change and to recognize that although it may be a challenge, it's going to bring you further ahead is really one of the most powerful things that we're capable of. And so, you know, too often people want to stay stuck in the past. They want to say, well, I don't know technology. I'm just going to leave it as it is. But, you know, technology is our present and it's likely going to be a very instrumental part of our future for, you know, an indeterminate amount of time. And the reality is, is probably for the rest of our lifetimes. So to fight that is really just fighting something that we need to be embracing. And that's just, of course, one example of many. And another one is this, this period of time that we're coming into where self-development is becoming more and more mainstream. Whereas if we look back generationally, you know, a lot of these things that we're talking about would have been sort of frowned upon by a masculine perspective. But in fact, it should be embraced by a masculine perspective because the change and the things that we can bring forward are so empowering. It enables us to be a true man when we can control the way that we're responding, for example, to our emotions. Instead of just being subjected to them on a daily basis, we can make those part of our inherent power and value. So I think that as long as the change is positive, it needs to be embraced and it is essential to all growth and essential to life as a whole. Yeah, I think you touched on something very, very important there about the masculinity issue. You know, we all have issues, mental health, physical, whatever. If we're not aware and we can't embrace it really is you're putting up walls where they shouldn't be and i witnessed yeah. you know my father and my grandfather all of these men you know they would not admit to having problems so there was no way to fix those problems and they just lived with them so embracing and carrying forward is not unmanly it's actually like you said the opposite and what comes out of that is an entirely new perspective of how a family could be without all of those generational curses that come with that because nobody wanted to embrace changes i have to give that one to my wife because i was going down the same and she kind of got on me and most people run from that but 
I embraced it and I, I felt that she had my back, a good yeah. partner to help change totally. is critical. What's your thoughts on that? I couldn't agree more, especially on the point that you ended on there. Uh, I think having a good partner at your side uh, is is a huge strengthening component to life. Uh, and I think that women inherently push men to question themselves and be their best selves if it's coming from a place of trust and love. Um, and of course, that does mean that both partners have to be on the same page. They both have to be sitting at the same table with the same purpose. But I think a strong woman supporting a strong man creates something that an individual could never attain. Um, and so I think what we get there is if we can embrace it, we have, you know, an unlimited amount of growth that can come from that. And often the men that are not embracing it are typically coming from a place of fear. They're putting up that wall saying that I'm good the way that I am. This is how, you know, it's been generationally. And most of those same people are also going to be falling into those generational traps of alcohol. They're going to be drinking their problems away. They're going to be hiding from them. Uh, but when we're embracing them and strengthening from them, having a partner that encourages us to work through those things is only an uplifting process. And so I, I couldn't agree more that the right partner at your side will help you see things that you won't necessarily be able to see on your own because we're in our own picture. We can't see it from their perspective. So, so often they'll be able to identify things in us that we can work on that we can't recognize on our own. And typically the easiest way to identify that is when you get triggered by something they've brought forward, that's something in you screaming for, yeah, that's something that we need to, you know, identify and look into deeper. This is probably an area that we can grow in, that we can heal from or whatever it may be. Uh, and too often, especially, you know, speaking for myself once again, in the past, when I got triggered like that, I would just stonewall them. I would put up a wall and say, no, you know, I, I'll push you away because you're bringing something out in me that I don't like feeling. But I would attribute it back to them. And this is really a broken mindset because anything that we're experiencing is our internal state. This is something we've created in our story and it's something we're telling ourselves so if they can trigger us that means we need to identify why and we need to figure out how it is that we can grow from that and you know so that's where a good partner is coming to the table with your best interest and of course there's too because it's partnership and giving you those opportunities i did not embrace that right there until i hit 50 years old and I wish I would have done it at 17, but you know, life is, and man, we can be hard headed. And I, 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 I give it all to that generational. This is how it's always been. Yeah. And you've got to challenge that for sure. So talk to us about your coaching name my brother's keepers coaching what what inspired that 
So, I mean, you know, I would like to start by saying that it is not exclusionary by intent to women. I do have women that I coach with as well. Um, but in the sense that, you know, we are all in this together. We are all one, ultimately. Um, so I presented this in a way that I am here to take care of my family, you know, fellow brothers and sisters, as best I can and to share anything and everything that I've learned that's helped me in my life in the same way that I, I hope it can help them. Uh, and so it's basically, you know, an expression of love because when we're coming from a place of love, everything is good. You know, on the flip side of that, too often our world and our society as a whole is coming from a place of fear. And at that point, we get locked into emotional stages and loops that create spirals of negativity. And it doesn't matter what it is that it's coming across. It can be something as small as fear of an insect straight through to fear of, you know, catastrophe in the world. Um, but when we're living in that state, we're not creative, we're not welcoming, we're not inclusive. We're always exclusionary and we're looking to find the problem in everything. Whereas I'm looking for solutions and I'm wanting to share that with as many people as possible. So Stephen, is there a plan to do that? You know, that's a big chore because a lot of the mindset in the world is stuck right now. And I, I was just, you know, talking to my wife before we got on this conversation about, you know, what we've been doing We've been working two years, baby stepping it in, but excuses, you know, they always get in the way for a lot of people. There is no excuse. You can find a way, you know, money, put 10 cents back a day, whatever you've got to do. There's always an, a way to manage it, to create what you want. It's usually this time frame that we have in our mind that tells us we'll never be able to do it. Our mind is blocking us a lot of the times to achieve our goals. So do you have a plan that you use to help people get out of that mindset of negativity and I can't do and turn it into a I can do? just got to find the way well i mean so it's a step-by-step -step process and the bottom line is it sort of ties into a lot of things that we've already stepped or addressed um but it's it's building the mindset incrementally but at times also all at once and so it's not about setting time frames it's just about moving forward in the intended direction and doing what you can when you can and so it's putting that 100% in all the time. And some days that 100% might only get you a half step ahead and other days it might get you 10 miles ahead. And so, you know, it's like looking to build a beach is one grain of sand at a time, but it doesn't mean that the sands have to be placed individually. At times we can flood that beach with dump trucks. And so, you know, it's really a process of, of showing what it is that I've done in my life as often as I can touch as many people in that facet, talking to people whenever I have the opportunity to share what it is that I've done 
what can help them, identifying things that should be, you know, shed to help them advance quicker, and then basically just working through the same process in order to advance each and every person that I possibly can connect with. And then we go back to that ripple effect. You know, as you impact one person in their life, they'll impact maybe 10 more. And so it's it's a reverse pyramid structure where as you release these things, this knowledge, it touches more and more people. And as these pyramids overlap, you know, it, it inevitably reaches everybody. And so, you know, it's, it's not about the future because we never know where that path is going to go. It's just about knowing the direction that we want to go in and focusing on each step that we can take and taking it whenever we have the opportunity. How important is it to block out those things that hinder uh, that people, places, and things? Removal is huge, especially at the beginning stage. You know, the people that are going to put you down are never in the position that you want to be in. And so, you know, the first step is if somebody's telling you something, you know, take a look at their life. Do you want their life? And if the answer is no, then disregard it. But when you're first setting out on any path in life, it's fragile. You know, an initial concept, an initial intention is a fragile thing. And so, especially at the beginning, when there's a toxicity coming in from whatever external source it is, removal is essential. And so often we're looking to add things to our lives to make it better when the reality is we do need to cut things out in order to progress. Yes. And so both parts are essential, but knowing what needs to be done and when is crucial in getting that advancement to take place. Yeah, I like that. I, I have a theory. It's called the muddy shoe theory. Life is like a muddy shoe going down a muddy trail. And people, places, and things are that mud. Uh, mud gets heavy, and you have to find a rock to scrape off the bad mud. The good mud will stay in the crevice of your shoe and keep trekking down the path with you. But, you know, if, if you don't get rid of that heavy mud, you're going to tire out before the end of the path. And I think it's critical that everybody understands it's not hate. It's just ensuring that no. you're going to live. Yeah. And, and and totally. I mean, we need to develop ourselves and take care of ourselves first in order to be able to help anybody else. And right. because we have such limited time, but even more limited energy, if you're expelling it in the wrong places, you're not going to be able to do what you need to do in your day. And therefore, you're not going to be able to do it on a long term trajectory either. So, you know, they allowing people to take that energy from you when they're not doing what it is that, you know, you need to be doing. You're simply wasting such a valuable resource and realistically the most valuable resource that you have. And so scraping off that mud and, you know, being sure that you'll be able to continue on the path that you're working on is going to be way more of a blessing to the world than it would be to try and carry all that mud with you and just end up failing yourself. That's correct. You know, you, you've got a lot to offer and do you still do the dog training? 
So it's something that I did step away from as a whole. Uh, of course, with the the amount of time put in, uh, it's something that I still sort of help people with along the way, typically more verbally, just sort of walking through things. Uh, it's a passion in itself, and it was a lifestyle for so long that I can't help but desire handling dogs. And anytime I'm around one, it's just a natural behavior and pattern. Uh, it is, however, something that I've recently uh, de decided that I'm I'm going to start developing an online program that I can offer to people because I just have such a desire to still help in that path, but I don't have the time and energy to do it on a one-on-one -on -one basis like I used to. However, I also feel that it would be a disservice to not share the knowledge that I have and be able to help the people that can really benefit from it. Because the bottom line is, is that a trained dog is a different species and you get to have a different relationship with them than you will ever be able to have with an untrained dog. And it's something that I wish for everybody because I see how much people love their dogs and then I know what is possible to have with that dog. So I really want, in the same way that I want to share my coaching with the world, I really want to share that experience with everybody too. Well, it's a good passion to have. Do you have a call to action for our listeners today? I mean, the bottom line is, is recognize that life is a blessing. Make sure that you appreciate and have gratitude for every single moment, no matter how challenging it is. And when you make that decision to move forward in your life, it can't be a waste to find somebody that can help guide you. So many people get caught up in the financial perspective of things. But when you start looking at where your money is typically going, the proper mindset and lifestyle development will typically save you more money and enable you to earn more than the path that you're already on. So, you know, it, whether it's coaching or my dog training, I see the value. And when other people can recognize how much that can add to their life, the small, really minimalistic investment financially, when you take it into terms and the context as a whole, uh, it's it's a no-brainer. You know, hiring a professional to do what professionals do is always a good value, in my opinion. I can't agree more. You know, it it takes a professional to show you how to do it. And maybe you can get it on your own and become a professional at it. So, yeah, I like that. How can people reach out and get in touch with you? So the easiest way uh, and really how my primary business functions uh, is through Instagram. Uh, my brother's keeper coaching uh, is my my tag. Uh, I do have a website, which is www.mybrotherskeepercoaching.com. Uh, and those would be the two easiest ways. I am on Facebook as well, which is under my name, Stephen Avent. And uh, yeah, I'm available at, on all of those sources. Uh, I've recently added TikTok as well. It's not so much uh, as established, but, you know, any means to reach people to try and spread the value of what I you know, really want to share. Awesome. 
what you're doing is needed out there, Stephen. I hope you continue, Appreciate and I, I wish you well in whatever you go out and set your mind to do. Thank you very much for being here with us on the Dead America podcast today. Thank you very much, and I appreciate the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. If you found this podcast enlightening, entertaining, educational in any way, please share, like, subscribe, and join us right back here next week for another great episode of Dead America Podcast. I'm Ed Waters, your host. Enjoy your afternoon wherever you may be.